Good and gracious God, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would speak to us uh, this day, that you'd open our eyes to your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, our God and King. Amen. Uh, this morning, we are continuing our journey into uh, the book of 2 Timothy, uh, and we're looking at these verses to see of what God has to say uh, to us this morning, and I hope you can open your eyes and your ears to God's word. <clears throat> I want to start by telling you a story about my mom's friend. Uh, my mom's friend, um, she was, um, I, as you all know, I grew up in India, and this particular friend of my mom, she would just kind of show up out of nowhere. She would just show up, you know, like it'll be a Friday, three o'clock, and there she is, like, you know, and she would just hang out with our house a couple of hours a day, uh, and that's a very Indian thing, by the way, you know, you just show up, uh, you don't make appointments, you don't do anything, uh, you just show up, and there were several other people who would do the same thing uh, to our family, they would just show up and hang out with us, spend some visit with my parents, and then they would go, and the, the cue for this is not a good time was this, my mom would usually say, we were just about to leave, and that was the cue, right? It was not a good time to visit. But anyway, my friend's mom, right? My friend's mom, she would come, I want to say almost weekly, sometimes more than that. And we lived in a small house, so if she was visiting my mom in our living room and such, like everybody could hear that conversation. It was not necessarily a private conversation. And uh, her first words... This was almost her greeting, if you will. This is what she would say. Did you hear? Did you hear? And there it goes. Did you hear so-and-so and so-and-so? They're having some marital problems. Did you hear about this guy? You know what he did to his dad the other day? Did you hear? She somehow, I don't know how, she somehow knew everybody's problems in the community. I, and she would come to my house and tell my mom, and I would overhear. As, a, as someone in middle school, I remember telling my mom one day, Mom, if ever I have problems, if you ever have problems with me, don't ever tell this lady, okay? Because everybody is going to know about this. See, I, for the longest time, thought this was an Indian problem, right? I thought this was an Indian problem because when I was growing up, we didn't have 24 hours of television. This is how everybody entertained themselves. This is what we did, and then I moved to the West. And soon, quick realized that there is 24 hours television, but one of the most profitable industries is tabloids, right? People gossiping about celebrities, right? You know, everyone is print media. There recently, there's a TV show called TMZ. You all know about this? It's about, it's, 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 it's TMZ. It's, a, it's about 10 reporters that kind of sit together in a living room and essentially do what my mom's friend was doing. They gossip about everybody else. That's what TMZ is all about. All right, I need, I need you to participate in this, and I want you to tell the truth, all right? I want you to show me your hands, all right? How many of you know Tom Brady and his wife are having problems? Almost 90% of you, <laughs> right? Why? Do you know Tom? Have you met Tom? Did, he, did Tom come and talk to you? But why do we know about him, and why do we care? But we do. What we do, I think, I think this whole concept of itchy ears that Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy, I don't think this is an Indian problem. I think this is a human condition. 
you know, we kind of want to know, did you know this about so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? Fill in the blanks. Friends, this is a human condition. We all suffer from this. And so Paul is giving some, some really good words this morning to us and to Timothy. This is what we read um, in chapter 3, reading from verses uh, two, uh, 4 to uh, 4 onwards. Um, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, suit their own desires. They will gather around them with great number of teachers to say what their itchy ears want to hear. Our itchy ears want to hear. We all like a little bit of drama in our lives. We want to hear about another person's misery. And Paul is giving some good advice to this young man, Timothy, as to what he needs to do, how he needs to respond when those around him have itchy ears. What is our response going to be? Before I kind of go into what our response needs to be, when we find ourselves in that crossroads of itchy ears, I want to kind of talk first about the purpose of God's word for us. Before we discuss or address itchy ears, I think we need to lay some foundation about the purpose of God's word that is given to us. One of the things uh, that we read this morning, Paul in verse 16 is saying that all scripture is God breathed. That God breathed into this scripture, the breath. God's breath was given as people were writing down the scripture. Here, the reference that Paul is making about God breathing something into scripture. Clearly, we cannot read this verse without thinking about the creation story. Friends, we know about the creation story. When God took dirt and made man and woman, humankind, he made them in God's image. And there they were. And God said, and God breathed into them. Up until that point, if you read the creation story, everything that was done on the earth was commanded by God. But when it comes to human being, God does something different. The Hebrew word is ruhak. God breathed into him. And ruhak in Hebrew also means the spirit of God. The spirit of God entered Adam and Eve at that moment when God breathed his spirit into them. The Spirit of God lives in each one of us. Every breath that we take, when we inhale breath, we are reminded that God's Spirit dwells in each one of us. The breath of God is what makes us human beings. And this is found in the book of Genesis. Later, when we read the Gospels, after the resurrection of Jesus and Gospel in John 20, the disciples were scared. When Jesus died on the cross, they were afraid. They hid themselves because they knew that the Jewish leaders killed Jesus. And the next people that they're going to come after is the disciples. So they did the most courageous thing. They hid themselves. And they said, if we just live with closed doors, nobody will know we are here. And we can be safe. Because they were terrified, the gospel tells us. They were terrified. And in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus enters the room where these disciples were, hidden away, worried about what might happen to them. And Jesus walks into 
that room and he says, peace be with you. To their anxious hearts, Jesus looks at them and says, peace be with you. Jesus gives them peace. And then later, this is what we read in John 20, 22. And with that, he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Again, here we see that Jesus is breathing over the disciples, the Spirit of God. So that they can go and proclaim the good news of Jesus. So that they can go and tell the story of Jesus as to who Jesus was and why he came into this world. And this morning we are reminded that the same act of breathing the triune God did when, he, when our scriptures were formed. God breathed so that we could have the scriptures. The Spirit of God was upon those individuals who were writing these words. This is how the Word of God was created. 2 Timothy 3.16 And the reason God breathed the Scriptures and gave it to us is this is the purpose for that. is for useful teaching, rebuking, Correcting, training in righteousness so the servant of God may truly be equipped for every good work. This book, friends, is useful for teaching. It is useful for rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. The purpose of this book is so that you and I can live holy lives. The purpose of this book is so that we can be transformed. So that we can be more like God just a little. So that our lives can be changed into something new, something righteous. So that the servant of God is equipped for every good work. Friends, the word of God is there to convict us of our sins for when we do something wrong. When we act unjustly. So that we can do good work. That is the end goal of this scripture. The end goal of this scripture, God's holy word, is so that you and I can do good work. So that you and I can repent of our sin, live righteous life, and ultimately be equipped to do every good work. That is the purpose of this book. Now that we have established why God's word was given to us, why God's word has come to life through the breathing of the spirit, why these why these words were penned down by different human beings throughout the history and how God breathed life into them just like the way he breathed life into Adam and Eve when he created them out of dirt. This morning we are given a charge as to what to do with that scripture. 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Preach the word. Now that you have this word, preach the word is what we are told, in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great, with great patience and careful instruction. Friends, we are called to proclaim the good news all time. Here, Paul is telling us that we need to be preaching the word in season and out of season. In season and out of season. The other day, um, I'm not sure which week uh, this was. I was watching TV on a Sunday afternoon, um, and the sportscaster said something like this. He was commenting about Jalen Hurts. You all know who Jalen Hurts is? 
Yes, no, he's the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, anyway, so uh, he was, uh, Cindy, he's like, I have no clue who that guy is. All right, anyway, um, we will pray for you, Pastor Cindy. Um, on another note, so this is what the sportscaster said about Jalen Hurts. He's doing really well, right? He's playing really, really well. And this is something that stood out to me. This is what the guy, the talking head said. He said, during the offseason, Jalen Hurts really worked hard. He worked on a few things, and it's really paying off. Let me repeat that again. During the offseason, Jalen Hurts worked on a few things, and it is paying off. It really is. He's a much better player than what he was last year. But what struck to me is this statement. During the offseason... At a time when he didn't have to play football, he worked on a few things that made him a better football player during the offseason. So I was thinking about that statement. And I was thinking about when do nurses and doctors get an offseason? Do they? When do grocery store workers get an offseason? When do janitors get an offseason? There are so many professions that we can think of that they don't have an off-season. And if they do enter an off-season, it's either their vacation or they're not getting paid. Friends, Christian brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to remind you of what Paul is saying to us today. That you and I, when we declare our faith in Jesus Christ, we are not football players, we are not baseball players, we are not NBA players. But rather, we are like those grocery workers. We are like those janitors. We are like those nurses and doctors. Unfortunately, as Christians, we do not have an off-season. We are called to proclaim the good news of Jesus in season and out of season. We cannot say, for the next four months, I'm just going to sit here and contemplate what it means to love God and neighbor. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to take my time. And then I'm going to perfectly execute it when I'm on the field. Six months from now. We can't say that. You and I are called to preach the good news at all times, in season and off season. And we are called to do it with this attitude. We are called to do it with great patience and careful instructions. When we are carrying, carrying this out with great patience, we do not condemn those around us. But rather, we, love, we show love and care for those who don't get it. We keep preaching the gospel with patience, in season and out of season. So God's kingdom is not built overnight, but painstakingly, slowly, eventually, we can declare that God used us to build his kingdom. And now that we have established God's purpose and how we are called to preach, I want to look at and talk about itchy ears from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For this time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine and set suit their own desires that they will gather around with them. A great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to the myths. But you... But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do 
the work of the evangelist. Discharge all duties of your ministry. Here we are told that there will come a time where people would want to hear not what is part of the gospel, but what their itchy ears want to hear. And there is so much debate about what these words, itchy ears, were. Some wondered if itchy ears was about proclaiming the false gospel. Or if itchy ears is about negating the true nature of who Jesus is. That Jesus was both God and human being and man at the same time. Do itchy ears want to hear? Much like my friend's mom would like to hear. I'm not sure what you've been hearing or what itchy ears have been asking you to speak about lately. I think we all have itchy ears and at times we fall into this trap. But this morning I want to focus on Paul's words to Timothy and to us this morning. I think Paul is is brilliant, not describing to us what actually itchy ears is all about. What does it mean for us to have itchy ears. See, Paul is a learned man. He could have easily penned out another four or five lines to tell us exactly what itchy ears is about. He could have said if people were going to argue about predestination or free will, or talk about when does justification or sanctification start. All these are fancy words, and Paul knew how to describe those fancy words. Could have only taken him a few minutes, but He does something different. This is what we read in verse 5. But you keep your head in all situations and your hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all kinds of duties of your ministries. I want to focus on that word. But you. Paul is saying to Timothy, but you, Timothy, this is what I want you to do. I want you to focus on this. But you, Timothy. But you, Timothy, see, that word, but you, is, this is not the first time it appears uh, to us in this passage. It's actually something that we read earlier this morning uh, in verse 3. This is what we read, but you, Timothy, again, he's using the same word earlier on, but you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know from those whom you learned it. And from your infancy, you have known the scriptures. Friends, here Paul is simply saying to Timothy, when those time comes, when people want to hear itchy things, when you feel like you are at that crossroads and about to fall into that temptation, I want you to remember all the people who spoke life into your own life. Of all those people who have influenced you in your faith journey, of all those people who spoke truth and love and life into your life. And because this is how Paul starts the, God, the book of Timothy, reading from chapter 1, verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. He's writing to Timothy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Louis, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. We're reminded of the faith that Timothy's grandmother had Lewis, and his mother Eunice had. And now that same faith lives in Timothy. 
read in the book of Acts uh, chapter 16 that Timothy was one of those young men who joined Paul in his second missionary journey and how he traveled with Paul. When he traveled with Paul, he saw how Paul proclaimed the good news of Jesus both to Jews and Gentiles. He saw how Paul was persecuted. He saw how Paul was able to debate with those who were in synagogues and share the love of Jesus. He was there when Paul debated with Greek philosophers. And this morning, he's being reminded of that. Remember, Timothy, what you learned from your mother, your grandmother, and from me. That is the gospel. Friends, this morning, I want to ask us this question. Who shaped your faith journey? Who was there for you in that moment that hope was given? That the light of Christ was shared with you? The ones who showed unconditional love and what it means to follow Jesus. Who was that person in your life? Can I make a huge assumption here? It's a huge leap. I'm going to bet. I'm not a betting man, but I will bet on this. Those individuals that you are picturing in your head, the ones that spoke love and truth, unconditional love into your hearts, they never spoke about predestination and free will. They didn't speak about sanctification or fancy, fancy theologies around it. They just loved you and showed you love. One such person that I'm reminded of in my own life is my Sunday school teacher, that is Mrs. Nalaraj. You all know that I grew up in a church and a bunch of our friends right from primary school, we kind of moved along in our Sunday school. And when we got to middle school, we were a bunch of four honorary middle school students that nobody wanted to teach Sunday school. They were like, we don't want to put up these, with these four kids. But Mrs. Nalaraj was there for us. Every Sunday she was there, she would smile and she would teach a lesson for us. Today, I cannot repeat all the memory verses that she taught me all those years. But I can remember her love for me and my friends, how she cared for us, how she showed God's unconditional love for us, where she listened to us. When we thought the world was against us, she was there for us, and she simply listened and told us to love Jesus, to have our faith in him. This morning, I am who I am because she shaped my life. Friends, there are going to be times when people around us are going to have itchy ears. I think this is symptomatic to people wanting to hear a good story. And you have the opportunity to share good stories. Share stories about God's unconditional love, just like the way somebody shared and influenced you. Friends, this morning, I think we're called to preach the gospel to those itchy ears of love that is unconditional, of a God that gives us hope, the God who gives us peace in the midst of anxiety. God's word is given to us for good works so that we can do good works. May you preach this good news in season and out of season. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word, that you breathed life into this word. God, we're so privileged 
to have this life-giving word. God, may this word convict us of our sins for the times that we have been unjust. God, we ask that you would lead us so that we can do good work. God, help us to proclaim your good news in season and out of season. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.